If you're listening to this in real time, the cart for my signature coaching program, Redefine Stepmotherhood, is closing today. Today is your last chance to join. This is a five-week course with a step-by-step framework that will help you redefine your stepmom experience. Improve relationships, change your mindset, minimize conflict, learn how to disengage and set boundaries without feeling like the bad guy, feel more in control, understand your triggers, get on the same page as your partner, play the long game, and more. This is the framework that I and thousands of other stepmoms have used to feel more confident and in control of our stepmom experience. Now, the best part is that this is not a one and done program. It is something that you can return to as you go through challenging seasons of your step family life, because we all know there are ebbs and flows. Personally, I return to this framework and revisit it whenever we are in a tough spot. And it's always left me feeling more confident in my ability to handle whatever it is that's going on. It has helped me manage my stepmom anxiety, transform my relationship with my stepson, get aligned with my husband, Darren, find my unique role in this family, and create a healthy relationship with my husband's ex. To join, visit www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash mastermind. Today is the last chance to join. Get in there, invest in yourself. You won't be sorry. Hey, it's Jamie Scrimger. When I became a stepmom, I quickly realized that while moms are encouraged to keep it real, there's a big double standard when it comes to stepmoms. So I decided to start the conversation myself. Thriving as a stepmom doesn't just come from conversations about being a stepmom, though. Here we dive into marriage, relationships, personal growth, and more. My mission? Inspire you to live a kick-ass life while bringing you along as I create my own. This is the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. Full-time step parenting. It is a whole different ballgame. And since I started this platform, I have been asked to have more conversations with full-time stepmoms. And today I have one. Jocelyn Flowers is a full-time mom of four, and the older three are her stepkids. She is also a certified stepmom coach who resides in California. Now, in her short time as a stepmom, she has experienced many struggles that come along with being a stepmom and blending a family. And get this, within just months of getting married, Jocelyn found herself in the middle of a very high-conflict co-parenting situation and custody battle, which resulted in her husband being granted full physical and legal custody of the kids, resulting in Jocelyn becoming a full-time stepmom. Talk about not what you signed up for. Now, in this episode, Jocelyn shares her story. We talk about boundaries, the root of resentment, finding peace with the ex, explaining family dynamics to your ours baby, and more. And I don't want to give away too much because it was such a great conversation. So we're going to dive right into this. But if you do want to connect with Jocelyn over on her Instagram account, you can find her at Daily Stepma. All right, let's get to it. Jocelyn, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I think it's my first full-time stepmom on the show. I feel really honored by that. (laughs) We need to bring more recognition to full-time stepmom. Well, yeah. Can we take a moment for you? Like, did you know you were going to be a full-time stepmom when you married your partner? No, actually. Well, no. When I met him, he had majority custody. Kids were pretty young. And the intention was to go to a 50-50. So when I met him, yes, he had them. 
but everything was moving forward towards a 50-50. And then um, there's some really unfortunate events that happened with CWS, Child Protective Services, which ended up granting, and I guess I, unfortunate, but it was fortunate because, you know, we were able to have them full time, but it was not what I was expecting at all. And it was very difficult. Well, yeah, I can imagine. Mm-hmm. So can you tell me a little bit about your story? Just kind of back up, give us your stepmom story, I guess. Yeah. So a full-time stepmom of three, when I met them, they were two, four, and five. And I mean, the two-year-old like barely even talked. Like it's crazy. Like she was in diapers. Like it's weird to think about. And we met and obviously fell in love right after we got married. And like I said, we were he had majority custody at the time. And without getting into too much detail, basically his ex kind of just left and he had them majority. Well, we were moving towards a 50-50 and unfortunately some stuff happened with CWS, like I mentioned, and my husband was granted full physical legal custody. We were married in April of 2018 and by July, we had full physical and legal custody. In the same year, so a couple months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it happened very fast. I mean, I it's funny, you know, like Facebook, like remind you of the really dumb things that you used to post on Facebook. Yeah. And so I have these memories pop up and it's crazy because it went from date night with my hubby to constantly talking about laundry and all these things because it happened that quick. Like I didn't even have time to be, you know, newly married at a honeymoon stage. We didn't have that. And even our dating life though, if I really think about it, if I think back, even in our dating, we never had the typical go out and go on dates because he had the kids. Our dates were, I would get off work and come over to his house and we would cook dinner and I'd help him do laundry and dishes and I'd help him put the kids to bed And then we'd talk on the couch and that was really like our dating because of the kids. So yeah, it was definitely an an interesting dynamic. You know, I mean, we all talk about how you aren't going to, you know, I want to grow up and be a stepmom. Like that's just not what you envision. And so I wasn't really sure what this whole process looked like. And when I became the full-time stepmom, it was a really challenging period for me because most of the people at the time that were on social media talking about their stepmom life were at best 50-50 stepmoms and most of them were every other weekend and one day during the week. So for me, I was like, no one can understand. Like, yes, we all have our struggles and they're all different in every way, but no one understands the concept of now I am the nurturer, the soul provider, mother, the one who kisses their boo-boos on the daily and does all these things. And I didn't feel like there was anyone out there who like really understood that on the daily. And so after massive meltdowns in my bathroom and crying excessively and feeling like there's no way out, I thought, okay, I could either wallow in my self-pity and stay here, or I can put my big girl panties on and make a difference in not only the lives of my stepkids, but 
knowing that there were probably other women who felt very similar to what I felt and being able to help them through their challenges. And that's kind of where this all came about, the daily stepmom. <laughs> so good. Well, I just need to back up for a second. So you went from zero kids to three kids under five. Yeah. Well, technically when we got married, it was six, five, and three, but they were young. And it was, I mean, yeah, it was hard. I mean, I had no kids. I There were times where when I lived by myself, I would wake up and if it was like my day off from work and my, the first time I would talk to someone would be like at lunch at like 1230 when I went and got lunch, <laughs> you know? And then it went from there is a three-year-old who's coming in my bed at six o'clock in the morning wanting to cuddle. And I didn't, you know, if you don't have children, you don't understand that like one, that very real need of a parent to want to cuddle their child, but also that need of their child to want to be around the parent. Like I didn't comprehend because I didn't have children. To me, it was like, why is she wanting to come in our bed? This is our bed. Like I sleep with like sometimes no clothes. Like, yeah. Why is she wanting to come in our bed? And I didn't understand it. And I definitely think I look back and I put in some boundaries that I wish I hadn't. I wish I had known. I mean, now we have our own ours baby and he's three. And I love when he comes in my bed in the morning, yeah. but I didn't know that, you know, and I, I do, I look back and I'm like, gosh, man, I wish I would have understood a little better because I feel like there were a lot of times that my husband missed out on those snuggles because I was uncomfortable, you know? Mm -hmm. I feel the same way because, you know, right now, so our daughter's going to be nine, which is wild. She comes in our bed or she'll be in our bed. She'll sleep with us, like all the things. And when my stepson was young, like he would want to come in the, and I, it just made me feel so uncomfortable. And mm -hmm. it's true. Like, you know, Darren did miss out on those times with him that we maybe have with, with Reese because it was, I was like, okay, I, this is just my place, which mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with me saying this is my place. Like I just literally need one safe place in this house. And yeah, I, I can just cue people sending me emails and feeling frustrated when I say this, but it really did change for me in my personal situation when I had Reese. And I started to mm -hmm. realize a little bit more about that connection and, and motherhood mm -hmm. that maybe some stepmoms have, but I didn't have right away. It definitely changed for me. And that's the same thing. And it's super interesting because, and I know what you mean by cue the DMs, but, and this is no disrespect because it's just different and you don't know until you know. And it's not that you love your stepchild any less or that you're not an incredible stepmother or that you're less of a stepmother because you don't have an ours baby, but there is a difference. And I think there are things that you understand differently when you don't have a child. And I mean, my, the kids love this story and I love telling it because it's very true to how it was when we first got married. We had gone to get dinner, my husband and I, fast food. We were driving through. We had picked them up from their mom, so they had already eaten. And we asked them, you know, you guys already ate, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, they're little. So I get chicken nuggets and fries. Mm. I love French fries. I'll never give it up. And we get home and I'm eating. They're getting ready for bed. And the boys come up and they're like, can we have some French fries? And I like looked at them and I was like, um, no. And they're like, what? And I was like, no. They're like, we can't have, 
just one. And I was like, we asked if you guys wanted anything. Like, no. And I wasn't like being mean. Like, I just like, you know, that friends episode, Joey doesn't share food. Like Jocelyn doesn't share fries. And I, that was just like my response. But I can see now as a mother of my own son that if he walks up to me and he wants French fries, he's getting French fries. And not because it's like, I love him any differently, but because for the last three years of his life, he gets food off my plate all the time. I breastfed him. It becomes like second nature. Like you almost don't think about it. And now obviously if my kids, the stepkids, I call them my kids. If they want French fries off my plate, they get them. But it's just, I didn't understand that motherly, not desire, but just like you're so it's used to giving them food. Yeah. You just do it, you know? Yeah. Well, now you're probably smart enough that you just get extra fries because you've known enough. It's like, yeah. I'm no dummy now. Like I'm not doing uh-huh. that again. Okay. So what was your role right away? So were you just like all of a sudden the mom in the house? Did you ease into it or were you all in no. right away? Like what happened? It was all in. So the way our situation worked out, their mother lost all physical and legal rights of the kids and visits went to supervised. So yeah, it was kind of, I I didn't really have a choice not to be all in, especially at that age because of our situation. It just, they needed me to be all in. And I mean, I think if I look back, I needed to be all in. I'm kind of I'm not kind of, I am a control freak. Let's I just, Uh I am. And so I needed to be all in, I think in order to feel like this was going to work, but yeah, it was just an all in it. There it is. I, I'm the mom and they, you know, the younger two called me mom or mommy right after we got married. I actually have a little photo of Ellie and I, the day of the wedding, she's, we're holding hands and she's like, I can call you mommy now. Like she started calling me mommy immediately as did Joshua. And so the oldest, you know, I mean, he was older, right? So he kind of waited a little bit longer, but when I became pregnant, about halfway through my pregnancy, he pulled me to the side and was just like, I think I'm going to call you mommy now. And I was like, you are. And he was like, yeah, you know, I don't want the baby to be confused if I call you Jocelyn. And I was like, whatever you want to do, bud. Like if that's, yeah, yeah, no, I think that's what I want to do. And I was like, okay, babe. I think he was like eight at the time. And so, yeah. And then he started calling me mommy and it's kind of just, I mean, that's how it is. But I think for them, I really have stepped into that mothering role for them. Mm-hmm. And so how are things now? Like, do they have a relationship with their mom? Did that, you know, rectify itself? And and how has that worked with your relationship with them? Has it made any, anything any little more complicated? So, yeah. So they, they see her twice a week after school and then every other Saturday she has them overnight into Sunday and the visits are done at her parents' house. So they get to see their grandparents and it works really well. It's been a long time coming. I think we've progressed forward, which is, I mean, I wouldn't say we're like peachy king. I I thought for a while we were. I worked really, really hard at having a relationship with their mom, but I've realized that in order to do that, I've had to put down a lot of boundaries that I probably shouldn't have put down. And so- 
yeah, it's just one of those things that I, I mean, obviously I am supportive of them having a positive relationship with their mom because I mean, who wouldn't want that? That's what's best for them. So I am fully in supportive of that, but it's hard because I am the one who does all of the things. I mean, I take them to the doctor's appointments. I do the homework. I do all the mother roles. So I think there will always be some friction between her and I because of our dynamic and the situation in which I have a role in their lives. And I guess, you know, it's, I, I think it's normal. I think it is too. I think trying to, trying to say that, you know, the stepmom and bio mom have to be best friends to have the Instagrammable or like awesome, you know, stepmom situation is not, it's not realistic. I mean, it's ideal, right? Wouldn't we all, I mean, we would all want that. I would love that. I would love to go and have like barbecues as one big happy family, but I'm just not sure if that's realistic in our situation. And I have to be okay with that. I think I wasn't okay because I wanted that like vision of what I thought it needed to be. But really recently this last year, I've realized, okay, no, because what I need it to be is not realistic. And I need to be okay with that for my sanity, for the kids, for my husband, and just move forward with what we have and know that that's the best for us. I often say whenever those viral posts go around with the matching jerseys and the best friends and stepmoms and all those things, I'll always have someone forward them to me. and like, this is how it should be. And I get the intention behind that. And I, I, I agree. Yeah, it should be like that. But it takes a lot of healing and a lot of growth and perspective for all parties to be in that space. And mm-hmm. not everyone is there in their healing. So to make that be this other pressure, like this level that you have to uh, get to in your co-parenting relationship when maybe that's not what's best for your situation. I think it's just another situations where stepmoms end up feeling, you know, guilt and shame for not having the type of co-parenting relationship that, you know, people think they should have. And you almost have to grieve that too, right? Like you grieve the life you thought you'd have, and then you have to have like grieve the co-parenting relationship that you thought you'd had. And it's just like, you know, it really is so powerful just to get really okay with the situation that you're in and doing the best you can in that situation versus trying to make it something it's not. Yeah. And I think like that's the biggest thing. If anyone's listening and if you could take anything away from this conversation, it's you have to be okay with your situation because just like with anything in life, if you are constantly looking at the next thing or, you know, the bigger, better thing or your neighbor's yard or whatever, like you have to be okay with your situation because if you are not okay with your situation, it affects your whole, it affects your marriage. It affects your relationship with your stepkids. It affects your relationship with your biological children, you know, and someone sent me something about, uh, it was a Ted talk or a speech from Brene Brown. She's incredible. And it was talking about how resentment is coming from a place of envy. And I always thought that resentment was like, you know, like you're angry or, but it's envy because you are envious of what the other person has. So you're having resentment. And so that's actually something that I've really been working on this last year because I'll notice that there are times where I feel resentment at her and I, it's like, well, I'm resentful because I'm taking on the responsibility. Well, no, I'm 
resentful because she's able to pack up and go on vacation and doesn't have to worry about finding sitters for four kids. Or I'm resentful because she gets to be in the gym every morning and I'm getting the kids ready for school, right? And so it's jealousy. And I'm like, whoa, like, whoa, I'm jealous? Like, Dang. So that would be the one thing. It's like once you become okay with your situation, as hard as it may be, or as frustrating or toxic, like obviously we want to move past toxicity, but you know, just being okay in your situation, that to me is going to give you the most peace in your stepmom journey. No, I agree. And I think that's the hard part too, right? Is being okay when it's not how you thought it was going to be, or you feel Mm -hmm. like it's not fair being okay when you're not okay. Totally. Totally. But it's so easy to get caught up in that. But I do think like everyone has situations in their life that aren't fair. Right. And we can get so fixated on our own, but you know, even people who aren't stepmoms, they have situations that aren't fair, maybe with other family members or whatever. I talk a lot about my morning routine, but my nighttime routine is just as important. When it's off, I notice a huge difference in the quality of my sleep and how I show up the next day. So here's the deal. I love to go to bed early. When we're done dinner, I'm usually completely off of social. I often delete it off my phone so I'm not distracted and don't have that urge. I'll do some reading with Reese, putter around, light a candle, clean up the kitchen, and just set the vibe for the end of the day. When I get into my bedroom, I plug in my phone across the room because I don't want to be tempted, and I get ready for bed. When I'm done reading my book, I crawl out of bed and turn on the Newcom Deep Sleep Journey. This is what puts me to sleep. The sounds and music is just, I love it so freaking much. Newcom is such a huge part of my daily routine, and many times I use it up to twice a day. What used to be exclusively available to U.S. military, pilots, professional athletes, doctors, and cancer patients, and used to be a $6,000 FDA class three medical device, can now be yours through an app. It gives you the power to change your state, manage stress and anxiety, focus, and find your flow. Backed by over 33 years of clinically proven patent neuroscience, this technology is so easy to use and so powerful. At night, I use the deep sleep journey. And during the day, if I need a reset, I use one of their daytime journeys. It just helps me refocus, manage my anxiety, find my flow, relax. And really, it's just everything I need to help me show up as my best. If you want to neutralize stress, restore sleep, and reach peak performance, you have to check this out. And Newcom has given a special offer to listeners of the podcast. So just head to www.newcom.com. That's N-U-C-A-L-M.com. And use the code Jamie10 for 10% off. That's www.newcalm.com. And use the code Jamie10 for 10% off. You're going to freaking love it. If you've been around since the beginning, you know that I created this platform and community 100% on my own. Google searches and podcast episodes and help desks are my business coaches, and that includes creating my website. Speaking of my website, if you've been on it in the last year or so, you know that it looks freaking amazing. Yeah, I know, humble brag, my website is bomb. I get a lot of questions about who designed it and how much it cost, and here's the deal. I did my own website. I just bought a template from Tonic Site Shop and customized it so that it's aligned with my brand, my messaging, and my style. 
Tonic Site Shop has redefined the website template. So throw out everything you think you know about creating a website and check out Tonic Stat. These are completely customizable websites designed for people who give a damn. I've heard people say that your website does not matter. That is complete crap. These days, your website matters big time. These templates are incredibly user-friendly with a drag and drop design. You use this intuitive platform called Show It to customize your website template without needing to know a single line of code. You just drag and drop like it's hot. No tears, no code, no limits. Head to www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash tonic to choose your template and then use the code Jamie15 to get 15% off. These templates are totally worth the investment and help me take my brand and my community to the next level. I can't wait to see what you create. Now you said a little bit ago, you had to set some boundaries that you look like maybe you shouldn't have set. Can you tell us a little Mm -hmm. bit about that? Like, what was that like for you or what were those boundaries? Yeah. You know, I, I, I think ultimately I am the type of person that, I want to be liked. That's just who I am by my nature. Uh, I don't want drama. I want everyone to see the best in me. That's something that I think is an important part of who I am. And I always want to have positive relationships with people and be helpful and, and just like at the core of who I am, that's really important to me. And so I think I allowed us, meaning, you know, my kid's mom, to have maybe more of a personal relationship than I probably should have. You know, obviously, we followed each other on social media and we would engage back and forth on post. But there were always times where she would post something and I know she was referring to me. And then I would like dwell on it and be like, oh, do I message her? Should I message her? Should I apologize? Like, that's not healthy. Like I don't need to see what she's posting about me because that's not beneficial. And so, you know, obviously that was a boundary that I probably should have been firm in place was not following her. If she wants to follow me, whatever, that's fine. But I should not have followed her because there were things that I saw that I would dwell on for like days and that's so unhealthy. And then one of the other ones was during COVID, because I was trying to build this relationship with her, I would constantly invite her over to the house to see the kids and have like extra time with them. And I look back at it now and I was filled with anxiety the whole time she was in my home. And I kept telling myself it was because it was for the kids. It was because it was for the kids. But It really wasn't because it was for the kids. It was because I wanted to prove that I am a good co-parent. I wanted her to say like, oh, we get along so well. And in doing so, it stressed me out. And I don't know. I mean, I don't, I sure the kids enjoyed hanging out with their mom extra, but I don't think it would have been any lesser if she wasn't in my home hanging out. There's just certain boundaries that I think I needed to keep in place. And in the name of co-parenting, I put them down. And yeah, it just caused me a lot of anxiety. And and no one wants to live in 
a state of anxiety. I mean, that like causes so much health stuff. So, you know. Yeah, I totally, I totally get what you're saying. And I like that you admit saying like, okay, this was actually about how I wanted to be perceived, right? Like Mm -hmm. I wanted to do this perfect. How has being a control freak been for you being a stepmom? Because I I know for me, it hasn't really gone that well. (laughs) No, yeah, no. And I tell myself all the time, like, I can't control it, but here I am still trying to control it. Why? I don't know. It's crazy because we actually are going through some stuff right now and we are back in court, which I, honest to God, did not think we would be here. I thought we already did that. We would not go back to that. We learned our lesson, but no, we did not. So we are here again. And I'm like, okay, well, we need to know this and this and this and this. And my husband's like, babe, it's out of our control. And I'm like, well, but don't you think that if we, and he's like, it's not in our control. We need to just trust. And I'm like, "Mm, I don't know if that's the, you know, it's just (laughs) like, I want to control, but I, I know that there are some things as much as I try to control, I will never be able to control and it'll just make me crazy. And so being able to accept that this is not for me to stress over. And there has been a lot of times that I've had to tell my husband, okay, I need to be removed out of this because I'm trying to control it and it's starting to make me crazy and I don't want to be crazy. So just allowing myself the ability to step back and say, this is out of my control and I have to be okay with it. But it's hard because I think most people are control freaks, even if they don't want to admit it. I mean, I think all people in some way, shape, or form want to control something. And so I think as a stepmom, it's a lot harder for us because like in areas that we should normally have control over, like, I don't know, when we want to go on vacation or mm-hmm. <laughs> taking your kids to Disneyland, if we were not in a step family dynamic, for the most part, you would be able to control that, right? It's your immediate family. And that doesn't always happen in a blended family. And so I think that is why for people who are control freaks, they struggle with that. Because if it wasn't a blended family, this would be in my control. Mm -hmm. So true. And I love what you're saying about not being involved in everything, kind of like taking a step back and that you can do that as a full-time stepmom too, right? Mm Because I feel like you would Mm -hmm. have full-time stepmoms who are like, well, no, I can't, you know, I'm there. I'm the only, you know, mom in their life right now, or I'm the primary mother in their life right now, but you can still do that, right? Like you really can right. remove yourself from situations that, and almost trust your partner to, to deal with it, right? There has to be that trust right. in your partner that they're going to deal with it sufficiently. And that isn't always exactly how we would do it. Right. And I think that in marriages in general, women, mothers are usually the ones that tend to be a little firmer. Dads are kind of just kind of go with the flow. Sure. Mm -hmm. And so I have to remind myself that it's not because he wants me to be the bad guy. Like it's not because of that. It's just because by nature and don't hate me men, if you're listening, but by nature, they generally are a little more laxed and the women are the ones with the schedules and color-coded pie charts with, you know, menus of the next five weeks that they're cooking. Like that's just who we are. And so being able to allow your spouse the freedom to be that parent is hard, but it is really beneficial. Um, Not only with your relationship with your stepkids, but with your relationship 
with your spouse because I mean, I don't know about you, but I've had many conversations where I'm like, yeah, I'm always the bad guy and you're always the good guy with regards to the stepkids. And he's like, you don't allow me to be the bad guy. What? Yes, I do. No, you don't. Oh my gosh. Okay. You're right. I don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's true. So just or we have different thresholds, that. right? Like we have different right. thresholds. So we're already there and dealing with it. Mm-hmm. We're like, maybe they're just like a couple notches down. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's been really freeing for me. You know, our kids have chores in the home and before if the trash wasn't taken out, I was constantly like, Hey, you need to take the trash out. Hey, you need like to, to my stepson, you need to get the trash out. You need to get the trash out or I get angry. The trash wasn't out. And now it's like my husband comes home from work. And I'm like, Hey, can you take the trash out? And he's like, Oh, did Micah not do it? And I'm like, Oh, I get, I guess not. it's weird. So then, you know, he's like, oh, hey, bud, I need you to take the trash out. And I'm not the one that's having to be frustrated or have that conversation. I just put it back on my husband. And it's been very freeing to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's so powerful too. What other than being a control freak has been your biggest challenge? Oh gosh. Honestly, I think I'm going through our biggest challenge right now. We, I'll just say it, we're wanting to move out of state. And I think having the realization that another woman, I know that sounds bad, but having the realization that another woman essentially can control whether we move or not has been very difficult. Uh And I don't think it's like so much the control aspect of it as it is I'm constantly going to be tied to her forever. Uh And I think, you know, kind of how we mentioned earlier, it's like they get 18 and I think we just envision once they become 18, like that's kind of it and we're done. But I'm really realizing there's college graduations that we'll have to be at. What about holidays when my stepkids have kids? What's that going to look like? And that realization of this woman is going to be attached to my family forever. And it's kind of, kind of sucks, you know? Yeah, no, I, I know, I know. (laughs) I think there's just levels, right? Like you just go through like periods and seasons of being a stepmom. And like, maybe at the beginning, it was like adjusting to kids near your bed or in your bed or like, you know, the French fries or extracurricular schedules. And then you're really looking at and you're like, oh, okay, this is going to affect me in some way, shape or form for the rest of my life. Right. And I think that is the crazy part. I think a lot of stepmom life feels like it's the here and now, like it's the day by day, let's just get to tomorrow type of a thing because it can be so hectic and chaotic, especially with custody schedules and all of these things. But when you stop and you look at the bigger picture, you're like, whoa, okay, this is lifetime. And I get why so many second marriages fail. And not to like be Debbie Downer here, but it's really difficult. And, you know, people say, well, if you could go back and do it all over again, would you? Or, you know, if you knew what you were going to go through, would you still marry your husband? And it's like, well, yes, because I love my husband. I chose him and I will continue to choose him, but I can see very clearly, especially when you look forward future five, 10 years, how other people are like, yeah, no, I can't do this. I can't do this for another five years. I can't do this for another 10. And that's a really sad truth about second marriages. Yeah. I was having a conversation with Darren the other day and I was like, what do you think we're going to be called like grandma and grandpa? 
Hmm. And he said, I've never thought about it. And I said, I've been thinking a lot about that in a very, like, <laughs> I've been consumed with it. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, because I said, their mom will be grandma. So, like, maybe you and I could be, like, Nana and Papa. And he's like, why are you seriously thinking about this right now? I said, I'm, I'm like, we're having this conversation right now. <laughs> I said, because <laughs> if we were grandma to Reese, like, if I was grandma to Reese's kids, but then not, you know, it's very, it's, it, you kind of, we right. kind of have to pick a name. And it's crazy, right? Because, right, our husbands are like, why are you thinking about that? No one's even pregnant. But that is where our minds go. I mean, my stepsons, do I get to do mother-son dance with them? And I think about that stuff and it's just because almost like I need to prepare my my heart, right? Because how sad will I be? I've been raising these these boys since they were babies and that would devastate me. Or what if I'm not called grandma? That is the stuff that I think really hit the heart. For sure. How did their mom feel about you being called mom? Oh, I'm sure she hates it. Oh, but it's it's not a thing. She's never said anything to them. And she actually will refer to me as Mommy Jocelyn or she'll even say your other mommy. Mm-hmm. That's big of her. Well, I which I fully respect because I mean, I'm sure it was very difficult for her when they started calling me mommy. But I again I think that it was never forced. Like they chose to call me that. And it's actually kind of funny because my biological son he hears the kids call their mom, mommy. And I refer to her as, you know, oh, did you ask your mommy? And so like he hears that. And so he called her mommy one time and she was like, oh no, I'm, I'm auntie. And I was like, like it didn't bother me in the moment. And so we kind of like laughed about it in that moment. Like, oh, how ironic, you know, my son's calling you mommy and your kids call me mommy. And what a weird dynamic. But actually, it was the kids who didn't like it. Oh. So they were like, oh, no, this is auntie. And so it was interesting. And I'm not sure if it was like out of protection for me or if it was because they were like possessive of their mom. But, you know, they'll say, oh, this is auntie Mishi. And like, that's what they want him to call her. And so that's kind of funny. But. Mm-hmm. It's interesting the dynamics between the ours baby as the ours baby starts to figure out what's going on. So yeah. yours is two, two and a half? He's three. Oh, so okay. he'll be four in August. So he doesn't like fully understand quite yet. And he actually will call her parents their Nana and Papa. I mean, I really think he thinks that that's his Nana and Papa. Yeah. And so we're kind of like at that like dynamic right now, but I'm not sure if he understands who she is really. I mean, I'll say, you know, you know, they're with their other mom and they're with their mommy. And so, and he just kind of gets upset because I mean, he wants to be with his siblings, you know? Yeah. It's interesting. The other day, Reese was saying to uh, my stepson, she's kind of in this like attitude, wants to kind of like bicker with her siblings phase, which it's funny because she's, she's just, you know, joking around. Right. And so she says to him, she's like, yeah, just so you know, you're just my half brother. And I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh. But it's really interesting how my reaction to her saying that to him versus him saying that to her would be different. Oh, for sure. Right? So she's just figuring this out. But it's interesting. Before we were always like, there's no halves, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's, you know, siblings and stuff. So I've had to say the same thing to her now. Right. Which I never, ever thought that I would. And another funny story is, so we were going through just – 
a higher conflict time in, in our co-parenting situation. And she had gone over to my stepkid's mom's house with my stepdaughter. And I guess she walked in and she's like, yeah, my dad doesn't like you very much. <laughs> Which he had never said, like nothing had ever been said, right? Like we don't even talk like that. So the kids told us that she said that. And we said, why would you say that? And she just kind of, how awkward, right? Right? So funny though, like just her her perception of things now. So The perception, yeah. And I think like that is the crazy part of having like the R's baby or, you know, the half sibling or however, right? Because we don't say half, They're, they're just siblings. But yeah, that dynamic of, Okay, who are you compared, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. It's and it's interesting now because she really understands it. So mm-hmm. she'll say, well, a couple of years ago she started to say that. She'd be like, hey guys, so guess what? Your dad used to be married to your mom, and your mom used to live here. And then they decided they did not want to be married anymore. And so then my dad married my mom, and then my mom lives here now. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. Yeah, we Way get to go, it. Reese. Like, you got it. Right? <laughs> it's like everyone's just cracking up. So how is her dynamic now? Because she, she, you said she's eight. How is her dynamic with, like, their mom? They're fine. Yeah. Like, we don't see each other a lot. We did, like, a parent-teacher meeting together the other day, and she, she went to my stepson's mom's house. Well, we went with her because he was with his mom, so she just stayed with him. But okay. they've always been fine, and, like, it's never been an issue. There's been times when she's like popped over there with them, but never a dull moment, right? Right. Never. There's always a situation. Another funny situation was we had done a joint graduation for my stepdaughter's grade eight graduation with like their mom and her boyfriend. And we were all came here and did a joint gift. That's when things were really good. And then we were kind of in like a more of a hairy time when my stepson Mm -hmm. graduated from grade eight. So we were like, well, I think we should still all like meet up before and do this together. And it was actually really, really awkward. So we Mm -hmm. went to her house and we went in and her parents were there. And it was kind of the first time I'd seen her parents. Reese was, I think, three or four at the time. So she walks right in, walks up to their grandpa, sits on his knee, asks her for a snack, (laughs) just like... She just like was the little icebreaker. So it was so it was yeah. so funny. But yeah. yeah. Awkward. Yeah. And that's where we're at right now with, you know, my son. He at sports games, he walks right over to her parents and they bring snacks and he's like, I'm hungry. I'm like, oh my God, they probably think I never feed you. You're not hungry. Like, <laughs> you know, or he'll sit on their lap. And it does. It breaks that ice because you know, it's just, I think that innocence of children who just want to be loved and want to feel safe. And, and I think that really is like, oh gosh, okay. Yeah. That's, that's the good thing that we got to remember here. And they don't care who's who. Nope. They don't. No. So good. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This has been so thank good. You. you know, we're going to have to get you in the um, membership. I would love to have you come I'd speak to the full-time stepmoms in there because got a lot of full-time stepmoms who are craving that support, but where can yeah. everyone find you? So yeah, you can find me at the Daily Stepmom. That's my website. Uh, Instagram would be Daily Stepmom without the the, but my website is the Daily Stepmom and you can email me, DM me. I love to connect with stepmoms and just help you feel supported. Mm-hmm. So good. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Jamie. I appreciate it. 
That's it for this one. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you enjoyed this episode and know someone that it would resonate with, do me a favor and send it their way. And if you haven't already, head on over to iTunes and give the show a rating and a review. I am so passionate about opening up the conversation about blended family life and debunking the stigma that comes with being a stepmom. And you sharing this podcast helps me do just that. Now, if you're craving more podcast episodes and interviews, would like to connect with me and get access to workshops like how to disengage the right way, how to improve your relationship with your stepkids, how to talk to your partner about your stepfamily stress without causing a bigger fight and more, you have to check out my membership, the Kick-Ass Stepmom Community. Not only will this community give you access to strategies and tips to improve your stepfamily life, you can connect with me and stepmoms from over 30 countries around the world in our private chat and our live Q&As. Head to www.kickassstepmom.com to join.